This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking The Predator. With Jordan Grout and Sterling Brown. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is out on assignment. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. You cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other movie topics. This is episode 338. 338, and our main feature of the week is The Predator. And uh, joining this week to talk The Predator, we have from Slash Film, he's one of the nice guys, it's Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. From the Go Flicks Yourself podcast, whoever wins, he ties. It's Ben Conowitz. Hey, that's also, I'm on that show, that's me. And also joining us from Wise the Blue and the writer and producer of the upcoming film Kill All Men, he'll never be confused with the lethal weapon, it's Jordan Grout. Oh, hello there. How are the three of you doing today? So good. It's great to be here. Just happy to be alive. I'm, I'm very happy that this movie came out. Okay, well, let's start with you, Ben. Um, you are new to the show. Thank you for having me. For sure. Uh, you know, we I, I lost Abe and I, I, I you know. Ask Brad, hey, you want to... Gain uh, someone worse. Yeah. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> but yeah, no, you and you and Brad, you co-host the uh, the uh, Go Flicks Yourself podcast together. Um, so that makes this an official crossover episode. Yeah, actually, we're here to talk to you about the podcast initiative. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no, good to have you on, Ben. Thanks for joining us. No, uh, thank you very much. Minute. Brad and I have a very adversarial relationship on our podcast. I'm going to try to keep it a little lighter, uh, but Brad is kind of a piece of crap. So oh, go to hell. <laughs> well, yeah. well, good to have you both here. Jordan, good to get you back on the show as well. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. And Brad, you made it. So great. Um, <laughs> ah, ah, yes, 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 more of that. <laughs> but no, let's uh, let's get things moving here. Let's get some show notes first up. Uh, uh, actually, first off, Lashana Tova to any fellow Jewish listeners that are out there. Uh, it's, been, it's a new year, uh, so we'll see what we can do. And um, let's see, what else? Uh, new commentary track. We are talking The Predator this week. We do a commentary track every month, and this month we did one for Predator 2. Um, and so that's up now on iTunes, Audio Boom. We had a lot of fun talking about the uh, the second Predator movie, as well as just everything else related to the series. Uh, so yeah, you can check that out as well. And last thing, iTunes reviews ratings. Good to get those. Helps out our show. Helps people find the show. If you want to log into iTunes, search for it now there in name. You can do just that. You can give us a star rating and a review. It'd be great. And yeah, all right, that's out of the way. Let's move on. Let's get to uh, some know everybody. For each week, we ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to know everybody. And uh, so I have a question for you guys. Would you swallow alien technology? Yes. Yes. I would like context as to what's going on around me. Oh, Brad, just answer the question. Yes or no? Uh, is it sharp? <laughs> it's sharp. <laughs> Only once you swallow it. Let's, let's say it's probably in a position good enough to be like, I could probably swallow this. Yeah, why not? I I want to come back to this question when we get to the movie, because I, I was very concerned with this process of doing things. <laughs> but, it's um... not going to make me any less healthy than I am now. <laughs> if it's yeah, if it's in in the same vein of what happens in the movie, where uh, then then yes, that would be something I would totally be down to do. Yeah, let's assume that it's like child safe for swallowing. Let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then yes, I would totally swallow alien technology. Okay. Okay. I gotta hold you to that. All right. All right. <laughs> Wait, what? How? <laughs> I have this audio, so if ever this comes a scenario where I have to, you know, prove something involving this very subject, which let's just face it, it's very likely to come up again. 
you know, I, I have this recording, so we know that. My girlfriend's going to come to me and be like, did you say two and a half years ago that you would swallow alien? There's somebody at the door. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, it's Tommy Lee Jones. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, that's, how, that's how you play no everybody let's uh let's move on let's get down to quickies to you each weekend out now we have one movie of the week that we talk about we always have movies through the week that's what's going to the quickies so yeah basically i say things very fast sometimes but that's just how we do things on the show i got to keep things moving that, that's what happens. fair enough <laughs> um all right let's uh let's start with uh, jordan jordan have you seen any other movies this week i have i saw two movies i watched mandy uh the nicholas cage horror thriller whatever the hell it is i didn't love it as much as most people do it is like a if Ralph Bakshi made a live-action horror film, it would probably be Mandy. It seems very much in love with itself, and it gets a bit tiresome after a while. And it's, it's long. So it's over two hours. And It's two hours and one minute. <laughs> hey, it's over two hours. Technically I, right. I felt like it, it wore out its welcome uh, fairly I, quickly. I also saw Mandy, and I liked it quite a bit. I was. I, did you see Beyond the Black Rainbow? I did. Did you like that? Um, I, I, I thought it was okay. Yeah, okay. Like, I, I whatever, uh, what's his name, Panos, Cosmatos, whatever he's doing, I'm, like, on, I, I'm on the right track with him. I, I, I like his kind of midnight movie madness that he goes for with these films. Like, it's, I can, I can very much see Mandy being, like, an acquired taste. Like, it's, it's different, that's for sure, but I, I dug it. I mean, maybe seeing it in the theater adds the experience, uh, but. I watched it at home. <laughs> I watched it, I watched oh, it well, at know. night. I was just like, I'm gonna watch Mandy, let's do it. And I, well, what the hell do I know then? I don't know. Uh, I, 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 dug, I, I, dug, I dug the, I dug the kind of slow burn it has, where it just builds up. Like the first hour is like, what's going on? The second hour is like, all right, Cage is mad now. He's gonna go get go get crazy, and he does. I, I enjoyed the artistic this, uh, visuals. And I love the score. Uh, I love the music too. I was just into it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it was, great. it's weirdly relaxing in a way for some of it, as far as like the tone of the film before it gets like super insane. And then I saw the new Halloween movie, which is phenomenal. I, I won't talk too much about it, but uh-huh. it is like a 90-minute adrenaline adrenaline rush. Like right from minute one, it, it hits the ground running. It's my second favorite Halloween movie. Well, good to know. Uh, ben, let's go to you. Have you seen any of the movies this week? Uh, yeah, we, uh, the, the girlfriend and I wanted to catch Mission Impossible before it left theaters because we didn't catch it earlier. Uh-huh. So we actually just saw that yesterday, and it is... Uh, probably my favorite one so far. I mean, they just keep getting better, it seems. Yeah, we are we are big supporters of both Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible movies and this latest one on this show. I, I think it's pretty spectacular. That's for sure. Yeah, it was it was great. I loved uh some like they're still doing motorcycle chases and they're still insanely watchable and fun. I I don't know how they can keep pulling that off. I don't think we get enough motorcycle chases in movies in general. I think that's part of it. Like, it's just cool to see. Like, it's, it's... I, I, and I think that part of the charm, obviously, it's becoming very well known that Tom Cruise does his own stunts and is a big part of that. So it's really easy for your brain to just accept that that really is Tom Cruise. And so it really immerses you even more in the film than maybe a Liam Neeson movie or something where they have to do a lot of jump cuts because the actor's really not doing that stuff. So it, I think that lends itself... Uh, to it uh, to it being more of a complete film and then on top of that uh the score and and just the music and the the tonality of it all it doesn't you know they don't have to have these heart pounding moments uh with the the score crescendoing it's more of like a it's like classical music over action scenes which isn't done that much and it's very subtle and and i really like it yeah for sure i mean 
we'll get to like award season where a number of directors will be praised for whatever they bring to you know their films but by like christopher quarry like the way he's like i've heard a number of podcasts of him talking about assembling this film and it's like the way he's had to go about doing it for like an action epic such as this it's just as impressive as like a very well-made drama as far as improvising a lot of stuff and just making it all work in the end like i i think he's done a phenomenal job of making just a terrific summer action movie for sure i was very much on board and i hope tom cruise just whatever he's doing uh, scientology wise keep it going because he looks the same <laughs> age so just whatever <laughs> well brad how about you what else have you seen uh i finally saw black Klansman this week oh, uh yeah. Took me forever to get around to it, and I'm so glad that I did. Even though when I left the theater, I was furious. Um, but the movie is is fantastic. Definitely the best thing Spike Lee has done, uh, probably since Inside Man. And yeah, I just I, I loved every second of it. The entire cast is great. It's uh, it's definitely difficult to watch just because of you know how much racism uh, plays into the movie, and there's tons of white supremacists in it um so that's just it's just unsettling and uncomfortable to watch uh john david washington absolutely invokes the presence of uh denzel washington his father it's weird sometimes i hear him speak and sometimes he sounds and acts exactly like denzel does but he also has his own kind of style and screen presence adam driver continues to be to be one of the best actors working today um, so yeah, I just, I, I loved it. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You'll hear no, uh, diversion for me. I loved Black Klansman. I think it's one of the best of the year. <laughs> so no, glad, glad you dug it. Um, I've seen a few things I'll make note of. Uh, first is a simple favor. The other, uh, one of the other films <clears throat> of the week. This is the new Paul Feig film, um, that stars uh, Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. It's, it's like, I guess the, like the marketing kind of made it, you know, played up the thriller aspects and it's certainly, it's a kind of a darker film from Paul Feig. That said, there's a lot of Feig-type comedy in this movie. Like, it's not too out of step with Spy or Bridesmaids or, uh, uh, was it, The, uh, the Heat. Um, really? Yeah, there's more of that than you might expect. I will say, there's still, like, it still, like, plays up the thriller aspect of it. Not in, like, a kind of an, in, a, like, a scary or, like, tense kind of way, but the kind of the mystery element it's a it's really a neo-noir it just happens it still has the kind of the idea it's like Blake Lively's character she disappears and a Kendrick plays up like a mommy vlogger who um, like was one of her friends and there's a lot of like physical comedy and just like the sort of dialogue exchanges you kind of hear in other Paul Feig movies that said it's very stylish it very like he is trying to do a film that that reminds you of of a Hitchcockian type film, more like a, I described this in my review, it's more like, it's like Paul Feig studied a lot of Saul Bass posters, um, Saul Bass posters, like, it's kind of the, what that evokes, this kind of jazzy feel to it, there's a, there's a lot of French jazz in the movie, there's a lot of stylish shots of things, the kind of the, art, the use of different architecture for some of the sets, and the costume design especially, very much evokes like a certain feel, but I, I dug it, I think it, I think some of the comedy kind of affects how we're supposed to feel in at places because it's it, it's very much trying to balance tone but i still think it's a fun watch um as for as far as things go and for paul feig it's a nice like step in a different direction uh jordan you mentioned mandy i also saw slice <clears throat> i saw slice oh. the other another kind of film that feels very appropriate for like here's a midnight movie that you can watch um this is the it's an a24 release starring chance the rapper and zazie beats it's 
it's I think it's okay, but I think it's the kind of film that's going to build a cult audience over the years because it has a very awkward, not awkward, it has a very interesting way of handling its premise because it's it's a, basically a murder mystery about someone that keeps murdering people that work at a pizza delivery store. Um, but the world they exist in is a place where like fantasy creatures like ghosts and werewolves just exist um, and it's not like a big deal. Um, which is very weird to say, uh, but that's what the film is, and it has it has it has potential for a lot of for the filmmaker to do. I forget his name offhand. I think it's Alex Hansley, maybe something like that. Um, there's potential for it to do more in the future, as far as what he's trying to do here. But as far as this goes, like Chance the Rapper, the best I know him from beyond his music is like that episode of Saturday Night Live he hosted. It's like he has a presence. I can see that. Uh, he doesn't have too much that like needs to, to to kind of work through as far as an actor goes in this movie, but like he's he's fine and Zassy Beats is good in here as well. Like and this was made a few years back at this point. It, like it got it got like a shadow. Re- but Brad, you know about this slice? Like it kind of like came out randomly and now it's like on VOD. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's kind of cool in that way. You know, it's 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 something that you know Netflix almost would have done, but it's cool uh, that A twenty four decided to surprising release it uh after it had that kind of like premiere where it played in some theaters and they had like a they like had a, an inter, um interviews that were like broadcast across theaters live yeah, after yeah. The, in chicago um so yeah i mean I, I feel like that's probably going to happen more often especially with lower key movies where it's not really worth it for them to put it in the theater since it's so costly and they're not going to make much from that yeah. kind of box office debut anyway uh-huh. and especially with somebody like chance the rapper being a producer and starring in it he's got a huge following online i feel like more people are going to find it that way anyway yeah for sure and so yeah it does feel like a like a, it's like dropping an album they dropped a movie and like it, it yeah but yeah it, it's an okay film let's see a couple more things. I saw a lot of things this week. <laughs> Bear with me. Um, I watched a movie called Sick for Toys, uh, which is uh, the story. It's uh, produced by a friend of the show, Jimmy O, and it, it's a horror film. I really dug it. It has this neat. It has a neat setup where someone has been kidnapped. You don't know why, but there is a girl involved, and later she kind of uh, uses what, like a like a dating app to meet another person, and brings him back home, and things kind of go from there. It has a neat atmosphere. I dug it. It's on VOD now. I'll just keep moving from there. But it's a good What's the name? Sick for Toys. Um, it's a it's a Christmas themed horror film actually. So there you go. Don't get enough of those. Two more things. It was Batman Day yesterday, um, and so my lovely girlfriend and I uh, we watched the entire Nolan trilogy um, because why not? And yeah, I, I have little more to say about the Nolan trilogy except I can watch all three of those movies in one day, so I probably like them. Um, ah. And last thing I'll mention is Beautiful Boy. Um, this is the upcoming, I, I guess, awards contender featuring Steve Carell, Timothy Chalamet, uh, uh, Maura Tierney, and others. And I don't think I can talk too much about this film yet because it's not really come out, so even though there's festival reviews that are out there. I'll just say uh, Steve Carell and Amy Ryan are this film. And I'm like, oh, there's an office reunion. And then uh, Andre Royo shows up, bubbles from the wire, and I'm like, oh, it's a wire reunion. So it had those going. It had that going for it. Um, but uh, as far as the film goes, there were good actors doing good acting. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say that for now. All right. That's out of, that's out of quickies. So, yeah, let's move on. Let's get to uh, our trailer talk, where we talk about when the news movies are the trailers of the week, what we thought of it, when it's coming out, what have you. This week we're talking Captive State. 
This is the upcoming film from Rupert Wyatt, director of uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Um, it has a number of people I noticed in the trailer. John Goodman, Vera Farmiga. From what I can tell, it seems like the Earth has found a way of peace, um, only to reveal that that peace has come from some kind of alien force. Uh, that's my takeaway, but let's start with you guys and what you thought of the trailer. Uh, Brad, how about you? What did you think of the trailer for Tapped State? Um, I think it's a great teaser. It, it uh, sets the stage without giving too much away. It promises an intriguing premise. Yeah, my, my takeaway was something similar, although it just seems like it's not necessarily a choice by the human race, maybe, to lit, to have this uh, you know, world where there's no crime and no poverty and that kind of thing, because uh, there obviously are some scenes where... Humans are being held and seemingly tortured and perhaps even kind of imprisoned. But yeah, there's definitely some kind of uh, alien species that is uh, overseeing Earth. um, And they might be in control of the planet now and and perhaps as a method of trying to save us. uh, Since we have such a penchant for destroying ourselves in cinema. But yeah, I'm intrigued by it. I think it looks really cool. Uh, you know, Rupert Wyatt's a pretty good director, so I'm I'm excited to see what he does. And uh, shout out for it being set in Chicago too, which is pretty cool. Ben, how about you? So I I think that it's gonna make the the next big Cloverfield movie. Good for good for that. Um, that's that's basically. I, I guess anytime I see John Goodman and and there's kind of like daunting aliens now, I'm gonna think that it's a Cloverfield movie. And these days, pretty much everything is. So he's just the uh, same guy. He's just yelling. Yeah. He's yelling. I told you. <laughs> he's lost a little weight. He's a little bit more wiry. He's looking good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's um no. It's there's not much going on in the trailer as far as like plot. Obviously, that so that they're doing a, doing a great job of you know setting the stage for. Uh, what will be? I, I try to watch either one trailer and then wait until to see the movie. Or, but in in instances like this, I'll probably want to check out the next trailer as well because this was a great, you know, just almost nothing given away, very very intriguing premise. All right, Jordan, what do you think? I love the director. I I quite enjoyed his Planet of the Apes movie and The Gambler, and has a great cast. And I'm a sucker for an alien movie. Uh, I wasn't crazy about this teaser, but I'm not going to hold it against the movie. Um. It just didn't do a whole lot for me. But like I said, I'm still excited for it. Love the premise. So even if the next trailer sucks, I'll be there opening night. <laughs> I I got to say, I, I'm i not actually expecting it to be on this level, but I got District 9 vibes from this trailer. I, I was really into that kind of the, the, the way it used what seemed like a lot of stock footage mixed with footage from the film to kind of express what's going on with the planet. Um, I was digging that, and then the final reveal of, like, oh, there's a giant ship, like, coming overhead, which is explaining why things are a certain way. I was very much intrigued by it. Uh, I I do like Rupert Wyatt. I, I, I've been waiting to see what Rupert Wyatt, like, does, because um, I, I like Rise of the Planet of the Apes quite a bit. I thought the gamble was fine. I do like a lot of his choices he made in it, as far as, like, kind of the soundtrack and some of the, I guess, the editing uh, goes. Uh, there's There are just some interesting things I saw from him as a director. And so, once again, I'm just like, okay, I want, I want to see more of where this goes away. So, I think we're kind of all on the same page. It's, it's certainly intriguing. I will say it's kind of funny that the final shot is over Soldier Field, especially since when Soldier Field was renovated and remodeled, they added on more seats and stuff, and they made it look like a spaceship had landed in a coliseum and now there actually is a spaceship on top of that (laughs) it 
I mean, it, it is also weird that everyone that attends a game at Soldier Field is forced to swallow some kind of foreign object. So maybe we're just, <laughs> I don't know, maybe we're just getting into some weird territory in general when it comes to aliens in Chicago. Chicago's and that's why I'm a Bears fan, because I, lo- I already admitted I like to sw- swallow alien technology. Yeah, there you go. So it's it's all full circle. Chicago's quite the site for alien invasions these days, by the way, too. It seems like Chicago can't get enough of uh, destruction when it comes to aliens. But uh, we'll see where this goes. What is it? Captive State arrives in theaters uh, March 29th uh, next year. So we'll, we'll see where we'll see what happens. All right, let's uh, let's get to our main review for The Predator. I had a run in with a space alien. <laughs> this fucking guy is crazier than the rest of us. <laughs> the fuck was that? That's the thing that killed my men. Alien. Predators. They exploit weakness. Tracks its prey. Like a game. Seems to enjoy it. That's not a predator, that's a sports hunter. Well, we took a vote. Predator's cooler, right? Fuck yeah. Okay, that should have been some of the trailer for The Predator. The last we saw of The Predator was in 2010, when Robert Riguez polished off his old script and handed it over to Nemrod Antal for Predators. Now Shane Black, supporting player from the original film, has taken it upon himself to be the one to inject new life into this franchise. The fourth standalone entry in the Predator series has the biggest budget yet and is the most expansive of the films, as we move from jungles to suburbs to government labs and more. An eclectic cast serves as a group of wisecracking characters that range from scientists to military snipers to mentally ill soldiers to Jacob Tremblay. The plot involves predators coming to Earth, fighting off humans, fighting off each other, the complications of global warming, genetic modification, and other nonsense. Let's start with Brad. What would you think of The Predator? Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I um, wasn't sure how it was going to turn out, but I always trust Shane Black's sensibilities when it comes to blending an interesting concept with his special brand of dark humor. Um, I really enjoy the original Predator the rest of the franchise I can take or leave, even though Predators does have some interesting ideas. Uh, it's not, you know, anywhere near on par as the original. But this movie, I just, um, I really got caught up in it. I think it's nonstop action. The the dark humor in it works for me, even if it feels like it's from another era. I think the ensemble's great together. And But the real star of the movie is undoubtedly the action, because it's endlessly bloody and gory with some of the most creative deaths that have we've seen on the big screen in years. And even though there's plenty of leaps and logics that have to be made to uh, keep up with the plot and understand wh- how the timeline works and where locations are and things like that. I just, I, I was having so much fun with it that I really kind of turned off my brain and wasn't really thinking much about it and just enjoyed the hell out of the ride that, that this movie was. So I, I, I liked it a lot and I'm uh, really disappointed that the reaction, uh, especially from critics has been so poor because I think it's just, it's a really fun entry in the predator franchise. Let's jump to Jordan. What'd you think of the predator? Uh, yeah, I'm also shocked that so many people are uh, giving it negative re- reviews. Uh, it, it has a lot that's uh, wrong with it and a lot of uh, missteps. But despite those missteps, it's a blast. Uh, and I was I was so excited for this movie. The the first Predator is a it's a staple of my childhood. Um, and no, I, I think you did a great job with it. Um, I, I feel like a lot of the misgivings, uh, things that that I have an issue with, they're not only from the reshoots, and I'll, we'll talk about this more when we get into spoilers, but a lot of it comes from, like, the first act, the things that happen, I, 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 for a while I couldn't get past, but overall, 
I I, I thought it was a, a, a fun ride. Ben, how about you? What did you think of the Predator? So uh, a tiny bit of backstory for me personally is the the Predator, the original 1987 Arnold Schwarzenegger film, is my favorite movie of all time. Okay. It's, uh, it is yeah. literally like I – I collect uh, Predator action figures. I've got the original movie poster in my house. Like, it's it's legit my favorite movie. Um, so I had – my stakes were very high for this film because I love Shane Black. And, I mean, he was Hawkins in the original. And, you know, oh, my goodness. I was just – when this when that was announced, I just – I bought crap myself. It was amazing. Um, I didn't have time to really worry about any of the messiness of the plot or uh, – because it was so fast-paced – that, yeah, after it was over, I was like, okay, well, that didn't really make sense, and why did they do that? And, oh, boy, that CGI sometimes was pretty patchy and just not not really not really great. But in the theater, watching that movie was some of the most fun I've had in years at the theater. It was, in, it was bonkers. It was every second there was something going on, moving to the next thing. It was so fast-paced, so much gore, so much action um, that I, I didn't have time to stop and think about why things were happening, and it didn't matter. Later on, uh, you know, thinking about it more, I was like, oh, boy, okay, there are some real problems here. But in the moment, I was like, I love this movie! <laughs> so uh, Predator is one of my favorite movies. I, I'm a big fan of the original Predator. And I like the series in general. I, I like Predator 2, I think, more than most. I recently revisited Predators. Um, uh, my girlfriend and I watched it. And uh, I liked it more than my like, kind of. I think my memory had been of it. Um, I, I think I was overemphasizing certain things I didn't like about it in my mind because rewatching, I was like, this movie is pretty fun. It just gets, but much like uh, honestly, this one, and it just kind of starts and keeps moving from there. And I, I like the kind of stripped down throwback that that one was going for. Uh, this one. I like overall, I'll say that. I do like the movie, but I do think it has some big problems in it, and I think the major issue I have is that I expect better from Shane Black. Um, not so much as far as dialogue, like, I got that kind of the Shane Black fix that I was expecting as far as how everybody's quipping back and forth with each other, uh, but as far as, like, action, and yeah, the reshoots certainly play a role in this, but, like, the action in general, beyond a couple scenes... I was pretty disappointed, especially because I generally like what Shane Black does with his action in his in his movies. Like, it's one thing to do a lot of good job in the writing department, and I also think there's some problems there. But there's a lot of messiness here that I wouldn't really expect. And not even just, like, movies he wrote, like Lethal Weapon or whatnot, as far as how Richard Donner handles action. But, like, in The Nice Guys or Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, or even Iron Man 3, there's a lot of great action in those movies. And I felt like this one kind of came up lacking. That said, I do like this cast he's assembled. It's a big cast, and not all of them get a ton to do. But, it, like, Sterling K. Brown is having a blast. Um, I think the of the, the kind of the mentally ill soldiers that we'll start talking about soon, I think Trevante Rhodes does a really good job here. I think Key and uh, and uh, Keegan-Michael Key and Thomas Jane, I think they're having, a, having fun together. Uh, Olivia Munn gets enough to do as far as kind of being one of these, one of the guys as far as how she's how she's kind of addressing the things that are going on. Even Jacob Tremblay somehow shines in this movie. And he plays an autistic character, which the movie very much wants to be kind of sympathetic towards, which is, I guess, noble in its own way. But I just like that Jacob Tremblay somehow holds his own in a film like this, of all things. Like, of the films I've seen him do, it's like, oh, somehow this kid's just really good at things, apparently, because he can handle a Predator movie just as well as he can handle Wonder. So it's like, all right, good on them for that. So I, I mean, I, I like the film. I think it has some big issues, but I, uh, I still had a lot of fun in the moment. I think is a good way to put it. But overall, yeah, I think it, it's fine. But so okay, uh, Brett. So Brett, you, you really like this movie? Yeah, for sure. You know, I don't think it's uh, 
groundbreaking or earth shattering by any means, but it's just one of those movies where I was able to have a lot of fun with it. And it, it kind of tapped into that whole thing of where as much as you like these characters, you find yourself really entertained and even laughing when uh, some of them get killed gruesomely because it's just, it's just that bloody and it's just that brutal. Um, it's, it's, it's like a horror movie in that way, kind of similar to the, the first one, uh, even though it's not necessarily as fun in the first one, but it's you, you get a certain amount of sort of dark, uh, enjoyment from watching these characters die. Yeah. I mean, well, here's my question then. I, like, cause like if I, if there's a thing I know about like Shane Black films in general is that he generally does a good job of characters. And I, I can't say he did a great job with these people in this movie. I like they're established. I get who they are cause they, you know, have, I mean, certain characters have legit traits that explain exactly who they are. Thomas Jane has Tourette's. That's his thing. That's the guy he is like in their, but like compared to other black Shane Black, like okay, here's a better question. Do you like this as a Shane Black movie? Does that does it work for you as a Shane Black film? It works for me as a Shane Black film in the sense that it's a Shane Black movie where he's tackling a franchise that has certain traits and expectations that he has to adhere to, much like he did with Iron Man three. So it's not a pure Shane Black movie in that sense, but it has just enough of Shane Black's. Uh, you know, signature style that it it helps me to get caught up in, you know, another Predator movie, which, you know, most of the time don't really wor- work out that well. And in this case, I th- I actually think that the characters are, are fantastic. For as many as there are, you get enough details about them, uh, about their backstory and who they are, and especially when it comes to the loonies, you know, why they are the way they are, why they're, you know, being transported around as these, these mental patients. Um, especially when it comes to, you know, there, uh, I won't necessarily get into spoilers or anything like that, but like when it comes to Thomas Jane and Keegan Michael Key's character, I actually really enjoy how they're handled. And there's, um, it's done quickly, but there's enough of a buildup of a bond between them that you appreciate, like how these people have sp- like spent so much time together and have been discarded, you know, after doing their best to serve their country. And you know, it's they're they're definitely politically incorrect they're inappropriate they're wild they're obnoxious but you also have a certain amount of respect and you you find them endearing because uh, you realize kind of just how much they've been into uh how much they've gone through and how they're you know kind of just stuck in this weird limbo because they're just being re- they're regarded as you know just crazy veterans with ptsd i think okay so i, I guess I'm, I'm wrestling with the idea because i like the lo- like they're called the loonies like that's what they kind of dub themselves these these this set of characters that uh boyd hallbrook who's like the lead like the de facto lead of this film he kind of gets ra- roped into these guys and they're like mentally ill soldiers they all they're all suffering from various for various reasons and i i guess i'm because i like this group the most mainly because they're just having the most fun as far as the dialogue they're using but at the same time it is like this kind of it's a very studio-friendly way of handling, like, hey, they're mentally ill, but they're fun! Like, and so it's like, I'm trying to wrestle with, with how effective that is for the film itself. And yeah, I, I mean... Because I, well, like, I like these actors. Like, none of them are doing a bad job, but it's like... I think that's the happy medium, though, that you get when you when you put those kind of characters in a, in a movie in the Predator franchise. You know, it's, it's fair, never going to yeah. be... Uh, you know, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or even Born on the Fourth of July. You're never going to be able to get that serious about it but i think there are you know a few great moments in here where there's solid character development that makes you care about those characters Mm -hmm. in a way that you you end up doing well when it comes to those characters from the more serious you know oscar worthy kind of dramas even though this movie is far from oscar worthy i think that it's it's how shane black briefly 
you know, albeit briefly taps into those characters that I think makes the ensemble work so well. well let me do a, jump to a new question then. Let's go. Let, let me go to Ben. You, you're, you're telling me that Predator is your favorite movie. Yes. How do you think this movie works as a Predator movie? As a as a Predator movie, I think that it it fails on the level of it, it fails as a Predator movie because with the Mega Predator and the hybridization and all that stuff, that's not what the that's not my Predator canon that I that I want to say. I think that changes too much of what they were. And I, I'm going to stay away from the spoilers of, of of this. In the original Predator. He, they they were trophy hunters going after the most dangerous game on in the universe man uh, and then in predators it became you know other species as well this movie changes it too much where it gets away from what the predator was and should be in my opinion so no I don't think it really holds up as a predator movie I guess that's what I'm wrestling with the most as far as how much I can appreciate this film because I think that this movie goes heavy on mythology of the predators which is something that's been teased in the other Predator movies. I mean, the Predator, you know, establishes the character. Predator 2 is like, all right, what if he had more weapons? And Predator is like, okay, they have a whole planet where they do this stuff. And that's like, I like those movies for different reasons. And this one, I guess I'm struggling to think of... I get you're in the fourth... I mean, not counting the Alien vs. Predator movies. You're in the fourth Predator movie, and it's like, okay, what do we do that's new here? And I guess I'm I'm not sure if the choice to kind of explain more about him or it, or the species, or the planet of predators, or the, was it the Utanj or something, like, as far as the species is going. Like, I don't know how much I I really needed to, to get all of that, to get, like, this... See, I, I think what you end up with is you you're, you have, you hire Shane Black, but you don't let him make a Shane Black movie 100%. The studio gets involved and says, no, no, we, we need this, this, and this, and so he acquiesces because he has to. He writes a script which Arnold Schwarzenegger makes a cameo, Arnold passes, so he doesn't get what he wants there. So you're, you're not getting a, a Shane Black movie 100%, and you're not getting a Predator movie 100% because Shane Black would change a lot about what the Predator lore is and what the canon is. And so it's kind of that's where the mess comes in. Because you, you should pick one or the other and go full bore, and this could have been a great movie rather than just a, a really fun movie. Yeah, and I because it is fun. It's like it, I feel like I'm having a lot. Like I'm just struggling to find like what it is that could have made this movie work. I think part of it is just pick a pick a pick a storyline to kind of throw it. Because yes, you're, you're given yeah. you're given like a bunch of stuff in the first act as far as you have. You have the sniper character, you have the scientist people, you have Jacob Tremblay, and it's like, one of those, obviously Jacob Tremblay, one of those would be, like, the the nice, like, through line to stick with, but, like, this is more expansive, and... So, if I can say also that J- Jake Busey plays Gary Busey's son from the second Predator yes. in this film, which does not I mean that's a fun little easter egg type thing cuz no his last name in the movie is Keys which is which was what the character Gary Busey played in the second there's no connection there that you know it, it doesn't matter at all he, they just chose to use that and I don't know why like things like decisions like that I don't know if they, it should have been more of a throwaway role just as an, a quick appearance cuz he was in a lot of that movie and for what yeah I agree, but I also, I like that plot line the most as far as yeah, right, Sterling K. Brown, who's having a ball in this movie. Sterling yeah, K. Brown ropes in Olivia Munn, who's like a biologist that is just inherently interested in aliens, I guess. Uh, and it's like, all right, I want to see where that plot goes, because they have already captured a predator at this point. So they're like, all right, let's let's do something with that. And it just it doesn't go anywhere. It just kind of immediately ends that. And yeah, like you get rid of the keys character. Like that was a fun idea. And I thought that was going to be more of a thing because they made a big deal about Jake Busey being a part of the cast. 
So it's like, okay, that's that's we end it there. But then we go to the booties, yeah, which strange. I also like. So I can't, I don't know. When I ask the, the you know, if this is, a good, is this good, like, Predator movie, I think it comes from the idea that when I think of Predator, I think of kind of a very simplistic and primal plot as far as you get a creature, you put it in an exotic location, and you you face them off against, you know, a, some kind of group. And the first movie, it's pretty obvious. It's like, what if, like, all these giant macho men faced off something that's more intimidating than them? That's cool. That's a visceral idea. That's fun. Second one's like, all right, let's bring it to the city. Third one's like, all right, let's go back to the macho idea in the jungle again. And this one's like, all right, what if we have them just going all over the place to glabs and jungles and the suburbs and having all kinds of characters? It's like, okay, why should that be special? And I guess I just, I don't know what what makes this movie special beyond the the Shane Blackisms and Fred Deckerisms that kind of come out of this movie. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Well, Jordan, where I mean, yeah. where's the fun that for you in this movie? What what's coming out of this that like make makes you overall recommend it? Yeah, I, the film has so much energy. Like from from minute one, I was smiling, and and like you were saying, the characters, I I, I could watch those characters on like a road trip movie, like like the what's that Steve uh, Coogan like the trip. Like I, I would totally see that with these characters. Um, the loonies just go to like France and drink wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's so much fun up until like a certain point, and then like all that energy just kind of fizzles away. And for the last half hour, just sitting there waiting for it to end. If if you know people wanted a fun action movie, of course I'm going to go tell them to see that it. it's funny, it's thrilling. Well, let's let's talk um, let's talk about the action then. Do, do you guys did you guys like the action in this movie? Did you like how it you know the various predator versus man fights and predator versus predator fights and whatnot? I did up until the last thirty minutes. Like the lab fight is great. The uh, I, would agree. I love I like the, the I yeah. like the lab fight. I think that one works really well. Um, I like the beginning in the jungle. Um, I like the uh, the school chase. Yeah, it's it's all so much fun what, what until... about what about you guys do you like the action in this movie i, I like yeah, what do you think i agree with what with what jordan says but i but i even like i still enjoy the idea of what happens in the third act in the last 30 minutes with them being in the woods with the predator because it you know it, it feels like it's a predator movie again in that respect but the problem is that because it's, it was largely reshot. It's on fast forward. Um, That's what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It goes way too fast, and the editing is super choppy on it, where you, don't, you it's hard to get a sense of what's going on and who's doing what, to the point where there have been a lot of people who have been confused as to what happens with Sterling K. Brown's character. Yeah, I was one uh, of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> yeah. Like some people, it, it happens so fast without saying what happens that people missed it, and they didn't understand what was going on. Even after we saw it in the theater, I saw it with Ben and some of our friends, uh, a couple people were like, "Wait a minute, what happened to that character?" Because I missed it. Yeah, I completely missed it. And I, it's a it like the the, the uh, what's the the cliched uh, blink and you miss it, but that's literally what happened there. Yeah, no, that I tur- I like turned my head and I was like, "Wait a minute, what happened to?" Because <laughs> <laughs> then he was gone and they didn't even really mention that he was gone. And then I was like, "Wait a minute, how did they wrap up his his character arc? Where was he?" And then, <laughs> holy shit, yeah, that was a little weird. But yeah, I mean, I think I think all of us. I think it's clear that yeah, I think the third act has its issues mainly because it was reshot. I I get what you're saying, Brett. Like I like the concept conceptually. Yes, I like what they're trying to do at the end. I just thought my appreciation for the movie really went downhill when we get to like the introduction of the third act, and it's literally a predator saying, 
via chalkboard communicate did a digital communication screen this is now the plot of the movie here's what you need to do here are the rules and go like and i was like wait what like that's what we're that's how we're setting this up and it just yeah like, like every major issue in the film is like dropped like literally the comp the kind of the conflict between boyd hallbrook and sterling k brown is like hey after this is over i'm gonna get i'm gonna get back at you you know that right like it's just like wait we're, we're just we're dropping everything that we've kind of set up so we can have something else go on and while that setup is, there's something neat about that as far as now we're going to make it like Predator. I'm just like, wait, okay. And it's very dark and it's... I wish they just would have, I wish they would have dropped the, any part in, involving the ship at the end and taken that time and, and elongated the jungle scene or that the woods scene, whatever you want to call it, uh-huh. so that things were paced better. It was more properly constructed and it, you had more feeling behind certain deaths and certain action mm-hmm. sequences. I think that would have been a, a, a really, really big improvement. Yeah. And because Sterling K. Brown's like building character, it's not really paid off. You know, I would have rather had him be a good guy the whole time. Like, I, I didn't really find it necessary for him to be bad. I was like, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, okay. So if you're thinking about that uh, retroactively and you say, okay, let's let's see where this movie went with Sterling K. Brown being the, the bad guy. And then if he would have been the good guy, because there were so many freaking characters in this film, you know, is, is it enough for there to just be the predator to be the bad guy? Do you really need a human element to be the bad guy as well? I mean, Carl Weathers, yeah. the CIA person, was that in the first one. And so that maybe was Shane Black trying to do that kind of arc where, hey, let's put aside our differences and go get this thing together. But that didn't really pay off either. It, yeah, it's no. try, it seems like it's trying to evoke that to some degree, but it just yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't really, it doesn't pay off like you're saying, but yeah. it also Brown's not in it enough either. Like he's, right. he's he comes and goes, and every time he comes, it's like, yeah, more of this. Let's, let's see. Right. And he can't be because there are 37 characters in the film. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I, I still enjoyed, like Brad was saying, I'm I'm 100 on his side when it comes to the character development. I think that with that many characters to get that level of depth per character. I don't know that Shane Black or anybody else other than Shane Black really could have done that. It was pretty impressive. That's fair, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he wrote. He and Fred Decker wrote the movie. They could have wrote less <laughs> characters in this movie. Like, they could have, they could have you know, not. They came to the studio saying we need 19 more characters. Right. <laughs> like, and I, I don't know. I'm not one to complain necessarily because I'm the guy that loves Kong School Island, a movie that has 20, 2,900 characters that doesn't need. But like, it's. I don't know. I, I just. I, I can appreciate only so much, I guess, when it comes to look at all these characters bouncing dialogue with each other. But I guess when it comes to Predator movies, specifically, the, specifically Predator, it's like I, that movie did such a good job of having a very focal, a very, you know, localized group of people that I can focus on where this is so expansive. And yeah, it's sure. the it's the fourth Predator movie, not counting two Alien vs. Predator movies. So it's we like, don't yeah, count you, and even if you do. Uh, I, we, mean, I said you, we don't count those. You can only you can only you can only do so much that's new with this series, I guess. I just I don't know. By the end of this movie, I'm like, there's an element that I guess could have been used earlier. I, I don't know. There's 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 a lot there's a lot of ideas here, and I don't know if it's like we just the studio's like we need more predator mythologizing, or Shane Black's like I just have a a, a bundle of ideas for Predators that I, I've just never gotten to use until now. I don't know what it is, but the movie, the way it comes out, it just feels it feels messy compared to what I would expect from Shane Black. And I get what you're saying, Brad, as far as, yeah, like much like Iron Man, you have to kind of fill certain requirements for when you're tackling franchise or an IP. But it's like, it, I don't know. 
was, was Fox really saying like we need to like have this this and this for a Predator movie it's, I feel like there'd be a little more free reign to just do what you need to do to make this work I mean if they're setting up future movies they may have they're like well we have a plan for three more of these movies we gotta set it up yeah it's, so, it's the most expensive and didn't gross that much this week comparatively yeah. this that, weekend did all of did your concerns play out as you were watching the film or did is this what I we were kind of doing money morning quarterbacking and thinking okay you know yeah I had a great time watching the film and now I'm as I'm picking it apart it gets worse and worse no, they or did, when you were seriously watching it were was this stuff bothering you as you were watching it it was bothering me and certain depending on which character's path we were following when I was with the loonies like I'm saying I was having a good time regardless of any issues I might have had later on, I was having a good time with the loonies during that amount of time. When I was with Boyd Hallbrook, I'm like, well, he's boring. What else can I think about right now? That's kind of my... <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Can we just talk about uh, for two quick seconds about how he's the maybe the world's worst father? <laughs> well, like but, I, mean, they kind of, I mean, they kind of address that because he's, he's never really around, so... Oh, even when he's in scenes with Jacob Tremblay, though, he's just like, hey, kid. It's like, oh, my God, you don't even – now, do you know his name? <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty bad. I wish my dad was like that. Or, <laughs> <laughs> like, when we get to the lab stuff, but then we don't have more of that stuff, I was thinking about things then. It's like, wait, so we're just done with, like, Jake Busey like, and things like that? Or just thinking about the lab in general, I'm like, okay, no one planned for <laughs> – this, this, what happens if this predator escapes with these light straps around his arms? Like, okay, they really. So there's moments like that, but then the so the conversely, there's moments where like uh, this isn't spoiling anything. It's where uh, Olivia Munn wakes up and the and the loonies are around her, uh-huh. and and that that scene that you think is probably going to go only one way, it kind of evolves into more. And it's it's I, I really like that scene. I thought mm-hmm. that that was that was very impressive. That was a very uh, Shane Black scene. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The best scenes in the movie, and that's—I mean—that whole this movie has a lot of slackness to it. Given compared to other Predator movies, where it's like we gotta keep this plot moving, there's a lot of like we can just hang out in a hotel room and talk for a while. Like, there's not much motivating these characters at a point. Actually, the the one thing I did notice because they showed this scene at Comic Con, and initially I thought the same thing too, but then when I thought back on it, I realized they're actually doing a good job of putting forth. Uh, exposition and making it feel like it's not exposition because that's when it's like it's like it's all explained like who Olivia Munn is why she was contacted to you know come see this predator and you know Boyd Holbrook lets her know that he has the predator gear and all this stuff and so there's and, and I, it, it, there's also a lot of setup there with like continuing to expand the it's kind of like the the ensemble and like who they are and how they relate to each other and that kind of thing so there's a lot of things that are accomplished in that scene that I don't think you realize because it feels so laid back and that's what Shane Black is so good at. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's where it comes at a balance of, is this a predator movie or a Shane Black movie? And I'm, I'm kind of in between where it's like, okay, it's, it's working on some level uh, more on the, this is fun be just because we're talking about things fun, as opposed to this is fun because we are on the move, either running away from predators or trying to figure out what the hell's going on. It's just like, I can get behind it to a point. Oh, I just remembered the, Boyd Hallbrook thing because he with the swallowing the thing so he swallows a thing at the beginning of this movie <laughs> and, and the whole movie I'm like so that has to pay off right and at one point he's like oh my stomach's hurt and so he you know he, he takes a shit and like now he has this thing and I'm thinking okay well that's that's a pretty useful thing that he has not to necessarily spoil things 
and it plays like almost no role whatsoever in the rest of the movie. Yeah, like one moment it pays off and that's it. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's two, but it's yeah. There's there's two yeah there's two times it pays off one doesn't involve him one one doesn't involve him there's one where it does involve him one where it doesn't involve him yeah Uh, I don't remember that okay there is a so keeping this as spoiler free as possible uh one of the little throwaway things that happened uh, he so of course as you mentioned he takes a shit so he passes the thing and then he like he kind of washes it off and then he like right before he hands it to somebody he just like wipes it on his shirt. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, that's so, that's so disgusting. Oh, that's good. Um, did, was anyone else <laughs> was anyone else as a big a fan as I was of Jacob Tremblay in this movie? Oh, I thought he was. I thought he was great. Not only did I feel like he he gave a pretty subtle performance as far as displaying the traits of being on the spectrum and having mm-hmm. autism, mm-hmm. but he's just he's just a good actor in general. He he always feels like authentic. He never feels like he's trying to act. Yeah, that's my takeaway. I'm like. It's so weird to me that, like, for for my money, Sterling K. Brown, Trevante Rhodes, and Jacob Tremblay are the top three cast members in this movie. Like, they do their job. Like, I, I mean, we talked about like the character development and whatnot. And you know, I I understandably I can accept that there's only going to be so much in a Predator movie for one thing, but also in a movie that has so many characters. But I do think like Trevante Rhodes is like very soulful for what compared comparatively to the rest of the Loonies. And yeah, I think Jacob Tremblay. For a movie that doesn't need to necessarily have a character that's on the spectrum, but like it does that so well as far as you get you get what he's doing. He's playing it subtly, like you're saying, Brad, and it applies to the plot. Like it actually fact factors into why he needs to why him being this way is important to the rest of the film. And I, I thought that was clever. I did think that that was a, a clever way to handle things. I, like if we if we're sitting here in an R-rated Predator movie thinking we should really add a kid in this. At least they did a good job. <laughs> like, at least they, they made a, a legit reason why it makes a level I think of that's sense. Just part of uh, Shane Black's contract negotiation is like, now you do know I include a child in literally everything <laughs> I do. There must be a precocious child in my movie. And also, I know, listen, I can't do any more Christmas films. I get it. We're doing Halloween this time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he, that's just, I mean, that's kind of his shtick. I get it. And uh, the. But with the reshoots and everything, uh, they lost the, the character of the mother is just there and then not there and there's no circling back to her whatsoever it's just that's a casualty of too many characters for sure yeah yeah was it yeah yvonne strahovski from uh with hands made tale um she has nothing to do except give a big speech about how great her husband is um and it's like okay all right. <laughs> whatever <laughs> anything else we want to go over with the predator before we move on so okay one maybe someone can clarify this so olivia munn she's brought in to look at this alien and almost immediately, <laughs> the uh, Brown wants to kill her. Uh, and she's brought in to see what again? To make sure it's an alien? Because they already have the, the sample, which uh, they say that there's human DNA in it. No, no, no. The, re- the reason he wants to kill her is because she took that sa- that sample. Oh, okay. But yeah. still, like, don't... <laughs> couldn't, couldn't, couldn't just ask for it back? <laughs> She was there uh, because she was an expert on evolutionary hybridization. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. she's she's a, she's a yeah, I, expert in that kind of thing. And but so they wanted they wanted yeah, to, they brought her in because they wanted her to they wanted her expertise as far as why the predator might want to do that. Is that what I mean? I, there it's still kind of a little unclear. 
But yeah, it seems like they they had all that that, that info though. Well, that's what I, yeah, I mean, that was one of the things I was thinking about during this. It was like, why is Brown like automatically just like I gotta kill everybody? That's just like you can't just put him in the helicopter, bring him back to the lab, and keep going from there. It's like we got we got some samples. We can surely we can salvage what we have. As we've established, people can't be trusted. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> this is us. I did enjoy the uh, dogs. You like the dogs? I did, and I hated them. And you like dogs. <laughs> 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 I like caravans. No, so the, I I liked I, there was a lot of internet hate on the dogs, and I don't know why they were fun. They were yeah, fun. They were. The they were. But the real dog that was weird because again, what the hell? Why was that real dog? That real pit bull was there, and just like the mom was gone. No, it never came back. It was also like it was introduced as a mean dog, and then it's a nice dog, and it was like okay. I thought, oh, God, the dog's going to protect Jacob Tremblay from the predator dog or whatever and get killed in the process. We're going to have a John Wick moment. Jacob Tremblay grows up, gets the predator killer, and starts just destroying the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. That's that's Predator, the Predator 2. To be fair, Sorry. that's what I expect from most movies of Jacob Tremblay. I, I just assume he's going to become this kind of, like, super badass assassin. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like to point out that when the first trailer oh, for the Predator... God, shut up, Brad. When the first trailer for the Predator came about... Everyone, everyone was complaining about like there wasn't enough predator in it, and someone even said that the version of the predator in this movie looks smaller. And I go, guys, chill out. It's because Jacob Tremblay is the predator, and you know what? He fucking became the predator. <laughs> <laughs> Good fifteen minutes in the movie. <laughs> I looked over at Brad in the, in the theater, and I was like, "You son of a bitch." <laughs> he does have like one of the best sight gags in this movie when he. Has some equipment <laughs> that he has to move with. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, pretty great. Yeah. Uh, all right, I think we've. It's worth seeing, everybody. If you're listening to this podcast, go to the movies, pay your money, sit down, enjoy the ride, and don't think too much about it. Well, that's Boom. that's yeah. that's exactly the question I was going to ask you. When should people go and see this movie? So Ben, you're saying theaters, right? Of course. It just we saw it in IMAX, and I'm so happy I did. It was just a complete ridiculous movie, and it was so fun. It's a great end of summer blockbuster. Brad, mm-hmm. how about you? When, when should people see this movie? Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's totally worth it to go see in theaters. It's really fun. Like, you know, don't go in expecting to be blown away or anything like that. It's just a, a solid, fun blockbuster. It really is like the, the the last movie you should see to finish out, you know, the big summer tentpole movies and just, try, you know, enjoy yourself. Jordan? Yeah, I saw it in IMAX as well at uh, CityWalk, and it's it's a blasting with the crowd. It's great. Yeah, like, I had fun. Um... I'm still a bit let down as far as both Predator and Shane Black movies go, but I still, like, enjoyed my time. So I would say, you know, you could see it in a matinee or a dollar theater. Yeah, all right. So we talked about The Predator. Let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to uh, let's get to some games. All right. That was the improv theme for games. Um, let's uh, Let's do this. I have a game for you guys. It is called If It's True, We Can Prove It. It's a true or false Predator Edition game. I'm going to ask you guys a series of true or false questions. Uh, you can all uh, buzz in and tell me if you think the answer is true or false. Pretty straightforward, I'd say, right? I'm in. Okay. It's, yes. all, it's all Predator related, if that's not true. I will already. swallow the alien tech. Okay. Ben's going to Ben's gonna crush this. We'll see. I'm, I'm curious. Here we go. Here's the first one. The first film was originally titled Hunter. True. 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 That is true. You all got it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next one. Predator is Jesse Ventura's first movie. True. I want to say true. I'm going to go with false. It is true. It is oh, Jesse Ventura's it. first film. He doesn't have time to bleed. <laughs> Here's the next one. 
Ridley Scott enjoyed AVP while James Cameron hated it. <laughs> true. False. Oh. <laughs> Brad? I say false. It is false. Ridley Scott uh, hated AVP. James Cameron liked it. Yeah, that makes much more sense. <laughs> Here's the next one. Peter Cullen voiced the original Predator. True. False. False. It is true. Peter Cullen is the voice of the original Predator. Really? Uh-huh. Yes, he is. Optimus Prime himself. And they didn't put a cool Transformers Easter egg in there? <laughs> I mean, Arnold does lift a truck. Yeah. That's very true. Oh, that's great. I'm gonna, I wish I could high-five you. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, they could have included a Transformer sound sometime when you're in Predator Vision. <sighs> Brad, let it go. It's, it's what you you wouldn't like hearing a cha 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 whenever like you're in Predator Vision. No, I like the I like the the the, the kind of warbly uh, Predator Vision sound they have. I mean, you, can, you can send your complaints to uh, John McTiernan at Rikers.com. I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> when is he out to start making more films? I bet you he's making plenty of movies in prison. Oh. I believe he's out right now. I think mean, he's just he's not doing. Much. That's what they want you to think. I don't know what he did, but give him a second chance. I think he just didn't he just do like a call of, like yeah because this is the high claim. But didn't he do like a Call of Duty commercial? I think he like directed one. I think that was like in the thing. Sure. What did he do? What if we can tangent for a quick second? What did he go to jail for? Was he, it tax evasion? He, he murdered Antonio Banderas on the set of Thirteenth Warrior. <laughs> It was a tax thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. a tax. It's a tax. Yeah, like, fuck it. He, he definitely gets a second chance. He didn't hurt anybody. <laughs> Maybe him and him and Wesley Snipes and Nicolas Cage can make a movie together. Let's make that happen. Just to point things out, it's weird that like Mel Gibson has, has done like heinous things, and it's like now he's the star of Daddy's Home too. But like Wesley Snipes and John McTiernan, like they had bad accountants, and they're like persona non grata. Like, yeah, that's, like that's how things are. That's, that's that's where we are right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next question here. Uh, each Predator movie has an entirely new cast. Ooh, uh, uh, true. Well, I mean, true. Entirely new cast. Uh, does that include the AVP? Give me an answer. I, I uh, okay. I'll say this. I, I'll say, I there's a version of this that doesn't include that, and there's a version of this that does include that. I will say true. They're all completely separate casts. It is false. Uh, you are forgetting, of course, Kevin Peter Hall, the Predator, in the first two uh, Predator movies. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> um, okay. There's, fair, fair. there's also a small cameo from uh, the actress that plays Anna in the uh, the first Predator. She She's in Predator 2 very briefly. Um, and if you include the Alien vs. Predator movies, Ian White plays the Predators in both Alien vs. Predator and Alien vs. Predator Requiem. <laughs> but Kevin, oh, okay. Kevin Peter Hall is the main, I mean, the Predator himself is in the... I That's fair. Color. He's um, also the trick. helicopter pilot in the first one. Yeah. He also plays a helicopter. Yeah. No, he's the helicopter <laughs> pilot, Brad, in the first one. No, he's up Dutch. No, no, he makes the sound of the helicopter. They had oh! yeah. Peter, they did... Peter Cullen plays the helicopter, actually. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very strange role. Freedom is the right of all sentient beings. <laughs> Next one. The Predators at the end of Predator 2 were played by some of the L.A. Lakers. Oh, I, <laughs> I want that to be true, so I'm going to say true. <laughs> true. Yeah, true. That is true. Danny Glover yes. was a big Lakers fan, and they needed tall actors to play the Predators at the end of Predator 2, so he asked if he can get some of the Lakers in there, and they got him. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> Here's the next one. Steven Seagal was pushed for the lead of Predator 2. False. Ooh. False. I'll say true. It is true. The studio really wanted to have Steven Seagal as a... <laughs> because they had Jean-Claude Van Damme was the original Predator before Joel Silver fired him, so then they thought, <laughs> we'll just have Steven Seagal be the star of the second one. This makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, it ends up. Uh, Guillermo del Toro was asked to direct AVP. True. 
That's a true. Uh, he direct, he decided to do Hellboy instead. Thank God. Good move. <laughs> Predators was mostly shot in Hawaii. False. True. False. It is false. It was partially shot in Hawaii, but mostly shot in Texas in order to get the, uh, both because it's Robert Riga's, but also uh, to get the tax credits. So Texas is very much known for its lush jungles. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the next one. AVP is the shortest Predator movie. True. False. I remember it being long. I'm going to say false. It is false. Aliens vs. Predator Requiem is the shortest of the Predator uh... movies. All right, here's the next one. Uh, last true or false question. The original script for Predators, sorry, Predators, was set in the 17th century. False. The true. original script? I'm going to say false. It is true. Robert Rodriguez's ship, a script was originally set in the 17th century aboard a, uh, a colonial ship. Um, and the Predator would be a... I see, I think that that would have been a fun movie. Like, I want to see Predators in, like, the Civil War predators or... Predators time! Yeah, seriously, I want <laughs> Bill and Ted's excellent Predator adventure. There you go. I'd watch it. Predator? No, whatever. Predventure. Agans. Uh, okay. Let me see if I can... I feel like this is more of a collaborative game, but I'll see who, who got all the things, right? Let's see here. We're all winners because of its friendship. I'll go with that. Let's go with that. I don't want to add all this up. It's too complicated. <laughs> Here, I have, a, I have a couple bonus questions for you. There are four actors that have been in uh, Marvel movies. I was this doing movie. the... I was doing Because you have Thomas Jane, right? Olivia uh, Munn. Olivia Munn. Boyd Holbrook. Boyd Holbrook, yeah. And then and then uh, What's-His-Face, the, the kid who plays the Irish guy, is in New Mutants. I wasn't counting Alfie Allen, actually. Oh. Because he's not out yet, but there's uh, one more. And it, uh, it, oh, is is a, is it the um, what's the Mexican dude's name? It's not him. something. It's not him though. Oh, I thought he was in. Okay, so you named Thomas Jane. What movie is that? Punisher. What's Olivia Munn? X Men Apocalypse. Apocalypse. What's Boyd Holbrook? Logan. Okay. There's, Logan. Oh yeah, there's he's one in more. Logan. There's one more. Uh, Jake Busey was he was starred as Cyclops. <laughs> you know that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh shit. Oh. Oh, come on. This is a good question. Thank you for asking it. Oh shit! I'm gonna yeah, I give up. I don't know. Oh it's... wait, wait. No, is is Ivan Strahovski in a, in a Marvel movie? No. Who cares? It's, it's the best. Perfor- <laughs> it's, it's the best performance in this movie. Jacob Tremblay is in Captain Marvel. Sterling K. Brown's in a Marvel movie. He's in Black Panther. Oh, oh yeah, shit. that's right. He's killed oh, yeah. father. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. All right. uh, that's a, that's the that's the best question. <laughs> Well, that was games. All right, let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to some out now feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com/outnowpodcast. We asked a number of questions for you, the listener, and you gave us answers. Uh, but first up, we'll do our poll question, which is also handled by the listeners. Each week on out now, we do a poll that puts two movies against each other, generally that fit the, the kind of the theme of the week. And so uh, this week we had ragtag groups, uh, given the loonies and the predator. And so with what we do with this poll is that you vote for one of these films to save and the other film uh, that loses gets erased from history. That's how we do things on this show to make things extra complicated. And so for ragtag groups, we put the Dirty Dozen against the Wild Bunch. So before we get to what our listeners came up with, what would you guys choose between these two? I would keep the Dirty Dozen. Man, that's tough. I feel like I, feel like I have to go with Wild Bunch. With Dirty Dozen. Any reasoning for any of these, you guys? I mean, it's it's Peckinpah, so like I don't know. I just feel like that, that's had so much. I mean, Dirty Dozen has influence to be sure. I feel like Wild Bunch just has 
I don't know, a little bit more of a, I don't know, a ragtag feel about it. Yeah, maybe if we're going true ragtagginess, <laughs> then if that's the, the litmus test, then yes, maybe we go wild bunch. I was just thinking about how much I enjoyed Thirty Dozen as a film and the and the ensemble cast in that. It just, I just really enjoyed it. I, I mean, I would say Dirty Dozen, mainly because if we, but going by our podcast logic of one film gets erased from history, Wild Bunch certainly has influence. I mean, Sam Peckinpah, as I mentioned, but that's the thing. Sam Peckinpah, in general, has influence where he's done plenty of other movies that I think would still pave the way for certain filmmakers where Dirty Dozen, I think that's specifically influenced a lot of films as far as not just getting a group together, but getting a group of like bad people together to do a good thing. And so you, I think you lose out on certain things like, like in glorious battles, yeah. for example. Right? Yeah. If you don't have the dirt dozen, then you don't have suicide squad. Great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, you know, the, the biggest slide of them all <laughs> <laughs> because then it doesn't inspire DC to do better. So, you know, your water brothers. <laughs> to do better. So. My life is complete because I have Ed Hardy Joker. Well, there you go. <laughs> oh, <it's not. laughs> All right. Uh, well, going by our listeners, um, they put seventy-five percent in favor of the Dirty Dozen. So, a bit of a bit of a landslide, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so Dirty Dozen is uh, is the, the winner this week. But the Wild Bunch now answers onto our list of movies we've erased from time, as in I I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Uh, so, because it doesn't exist. Um, all right. So that's that. Let's move on to the questions now. Uh, first question we have in Brad Jordan Ben. Feel free to lend in any answers you might have had. Um, what is the coolest movie monster? Chris writes, uh, Christopher writes, the Balrog, species, dragons like Reign of Fire, Dragon Slayer, and the Relic. Uh, Philip has the Balrog from Fellowship of the Ring. Alan has Xenomorph and the Cookie Monster. Uh, Chris has Have to Agree with Mr. Aguilera, the Xenomorph Rocks, but we'll also add the Pale Man from Hans Lambert and the Host. And Jay writes, the Abominable Snowman from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing. The answer is the thing. No, it's not. So it's the yeah. predator. No, it's the thing. The thing can be a predator. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's the predator. I do like a version of the of the predator where it's like he's like I'm not actually a predator. He come, his head pops off and it's got arms coming out of it. All of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? <laughs> his dreads come to life. They all have little faces on them. It's like, what the fuck? I can't handle this. Exactly. It's awesome. Uh, or you know, I know it hasn't come out yet, so uh, I can't say Venom yet, but it'll probably eclipse them all. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I mean, we already know it defies the laws of gravity. <laughs> it has, it has, oh, it has, it has turns floating in the wind. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but I'll, oh I'll, my I god, see it. that movie's gonna be so bad. <laughs> all right, next question we have is: uh, Who are some performers you think should be A-list stars? Alan writes Walton Goggins. Christopher writes Taylor Kitsch. Philip has Emma Thompson and Idris Elba. I'd argue they are A-list stars, but okay. Uh, and Amy has uh, Pablo Shriver. Any actors you think should be A-list stars? This was inspired by Sterling K. Brown, which is my answer. I think he should be an A-list star. Yeah, he definitely should. Um, I think Donald Glover should be uh, an A-list star, and I think that Army Hammer should be an A-list star. Yeah, I I'm, not, I'm not sure that he is A-list status. I mean, although he is revered, obviously, but Michael Stuhlbarg, I think, needs to be A-list if oh, he's not yeah. already. Oh, yeah, you don't get movies that, like, Stuhlbarg in. Like, you know, <laughs> 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 you know uh, get, get, put him the, as the villain of, like, Fast 9, and, you know, we'll see where things go. There you go. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, Stuhlbarg, for sure. He's, he's a great actor. I think he's in that realm with, like, Buscemi and Macy, like, back in the 90s, where it's like, they're really, they're appearing in a lot of stuff, and then they eventually make their way to being like, 
you know, the lead build thing. I think Stuhlberg's like on his way, even though he's like exactly the same age as all these guys. I think of anybody else who I would want to see. I, I just wish I wish Will Forte was an A-list star. There you go. All right, next question. Uh, what movie monster could use a new haircut? Chris has Sideshow Bob, <laughs> and Alan has Cousin It. Yikes. Uh, Predator, I want to see him get, like, a real douchebag crew cut. <laughs> and he starts wearing, like, those, those like, sunglasses that everyone wears to NASCAR races. <laughs> we did that, I, didn't, I didn't ask this. Uh, did you guys like the, uh, the super Predator? The, like, 11-foot-tall Predator in, in The Predator? I liked the scene in the school that was in the trailer that they pulls him out of the out of the wall. That was just a really cool scene, and you really got to see the size difference. The CGI on that son of a gun was just terrible at moments, so the reshoots really kind of screwed that up. But overall, I, I liked seeing. I don't think we needed it. I think that you know the the regular predator is is a scary enough creature. Um, but or, that would have been just fine. I yeah, I think I. Because I liked what, like, Predators was doing, where it's, like, there's different factions of Predator, and so, like, the bigger one that's in that, because there were, like, different ones, the bigger one in that one was, like, reasonably big. Like, not, right. not like, we can only accomplish this through CG big, it was just more of, we have a taller guy to play this taller yeah. Predator. Yeah, and I'm totally fine with that, I actually. That, I would have been happy with that. And that's what I thought we were getting at the beginning, because it's, like, a big, sh- sorry, we're going back into review of Predator, but, like, a big, like, a ship's being chased by another ship, and I'm thinking... Okay, so it's just like more of that. Like, there's a slightly bigger predator that's after this predator, and it's just like, nope, we have this giant CG monster predator. He's like, okay, all right. <laughs> anyway, haircuts. <laughs> I think that the uh, the mask of Michael Myers could use a trim. Yeah, if he just buzzed it off, <laughs> <laughs> or if he's just completely bald. <laughs> if, like if, Uncle Fester. If like that's what H four O is all about, it's like just, he's like it's like Laurie. I'm sorry, but he starts talking for a second. Now he's like he's like chatting. All. He's a he's a, he's a big chatter now. Cause he's older. Sorry, I I just figured you know we're getting older. I figured I'd shave the mask down. You know, just kind of reflect the reflect the change. I see you did your hair up, so you know. <laughs> also, when supper. Yeah. <laughs> I'll cut the salad. Um, who cut? salad that's weird um (laughs) (laughs) wolfman could use a shave you know yeah get him out there (laughs) all right next question we have what are some comedic mysteries you really enjoy this is in reference to a simple favor uh alan writes clue fletch who framed roger rabbit jay has kiss kiss bang bang and clue justin has the pink panther movies and philip has memories of murder (laughs) some comedic mysteries you really enjoy i'll throw the nice guys up there speaking of shane black I, yeah, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is really, really well done. Uh, mystery, mystery team. Mystery team, yeah. The Derek Comedy Love. Uh, Ace Ventura. Bad Detective. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Scooby-Doo. Funny Murder. Which one's Funny Murder? That's <laughs> not a thing. That's not a yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I made it up. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> oh, Murder Murder by Death. I'm a big fan of Murder by Death. I, do, I, just, I just got a new Blu-ray announcement, um, which I'm excited about. Oh, they're, they're, whoever said Clue was right. That's that's a great comedy mystery. Next one we have. Yeah, does my cousin Vinny count as a comedy mystery? Kind of. Kind of. The two Utes. Two what? Utes. <laughs> a two what? <laughs> I can do it all day. A two what? <laughs> Say that back and forth. <laughs> uh, okay, next question. Similar. Favorite female detectives or sleuths? Uh, Scott Mendelson, friend of the show, writes Holly Hunter as MJ Monahan in Copycat. That's 
weirdly specific. Uh, Christopher has Kathleen Turner in V.I. Wahorski and uh, Charlie's Angels. Uh, Scott has Lisbeth from Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And Philip has Jessica Chastain in Zero Dark Thirty. Female detectives. Clary Starling. Yeah. Hello, Clarice. Claire, what? (laughs) (laughs) My cousin Hannibal. Not necessarily a sleuth, but um, uh, I really enjoyed uh, Gina Davis in The Long Kiss Goodnight. I didn't know that she wasn't necessarily a... She was kind of a a super spy-type person, though. Yeah, there's like a mystery element to her figuring out who she is. I I, I really enjoyed that, her role in that. She was great. Shane Black film. We were scripted. Yeah, there you go. Got paid a ton of money for that movie, famously. Well worth it. Good, good stuff. All right, next question. Uh, cast Jacob Tremblay as a movie villain. Who should he be? Dennis has Kid Loki comes to mind when Hiddleston's contract is up. Resurrect Loki as a kid, if not as a woman. Brian has Antihero Venom as it's PG-13 anyway, so why not start him young? Alan has as, uh, what, Commodus? Joaquin Phoenix's character in Gladiator? <laughs> <laughs> Justin has Dr. Evil. And Tyler Smith, friend of the show, has Brainchild from The Tick. <laughs> I would like to see a new Omen movie with Jacob Tremblay. <laughs> yeah. On the same along the same lines, I was going to say remake The Good Son with Jacob Tremblay. Oh God! Make I'd see I'd see a remake of The Good Son with and instead this time it's twins, and so he's playing both the evil twin and the good twin. <laughs> no, I would say that it's The Good Son, but he's forced to stay with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. <laughs> so it's The Good Son meets twins. Yeah. <laughs> If uh, if if uh, Darren Aronofsky wants to go back to biblical films, he can make a Cain and Abel movie and cast Jacob Tremblay. I'd, I'd watch that. What what can't Jacob Tremblay do? I mean, he's just fantastic. I I don't know the answer. <laughs> Question: He's generally fantastic. It's just so good. All right, that's our answer. He's good in everything. All right, well that's that's the end of our uh, feedback. 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 Let's uh let's move on now. Start wrapping things up. We go on to Out Now Presents What's Out Now. These are movies that are now coming to DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, and streaming. Uh, i got a few things here. Feel free to give a yay or nay to any of the titles that I read aloud. First up, we have Jurassic World, colon, Fallen Kingdom. Ooh, yay. dog's got two dog barks. <laughs> yeah, that's, sorry, that's my dog. Jurassic Bark? Oh! That's a Futurama episode that no one should watch. No, you should definitely watch it. And cry, no, cry, no. cry, cry, cry. No. But yes, uh, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Yes, it was fun. I had fun. It's okay. Uh, Hearts Beat Loud. Oh, totally see it. It's fantastic. Very, very feel-good movie. The soundtrack's outstanding. Nick Offerman and Kiersey Clemens are wonderful together. Ted Danson's in it. As a bartender. Uh, yeah. yeah, you definitely should see it. It's right up to <laughs> Ted, Ted Danson's alley right there. Um, Siberia. This is a film that came out in like three theaters uh, with Keanu Reeves as a like a arms dealer with Russians. I want to see it. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so I don't there. know anything about it. Um, let's see. I'm hanging myself. I'm hanging myself because I, I hate my life. Uh, summer 1993. Is that a sequel to Summer of '84? Uh, no, it, it, they both star Rich Somner, but no, no, I'm kidding. But um. No, it, it also came out, I think, at Sundance this year. I know it, it, got, it got a lot of praise. Come on, Brad, you didn't see it at Sundance? <laughs> I, I don't, I've never been to Sundance. I hate you. <laughs> uh, next, we have uh, The Looming Tower, Season 1. Is this the J.K. Simmons one? I think so. I think it's the... Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 that's, that's the, the other one. No, it's uh, the Jeff Daniels one. It's the Jeff yeah, Daniels one. Yeah, that's Jeff Daniels' Hulu series. 
Yeah, okay. I haven't seen it. Heard good things, though. I think uh, Chris Evangelista from Slash Film saw it and liked it. Okay, we'll look it up while I read the next one. And, uh, the X-Files, season 11. The latest season <laughs> no, of the X-Files. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. Okay, I see. The 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 looming tower, is, it, it goes over the late 90s rivalry between the FBI and the CIA during the time when Osama Bin Laden was rising as a threat. Okay, that's the premise of that show. Uh, all right, next one. Uh, Lethal Weapon Season 2. Speaking of Shane Black. <laughs> so I, I take nobody watch Lethal Weapon. <laughs> no. With, with, uh, with, with famous friends Damon Waynes and Clayne Crawford. <laughs> um, Supergirl Season 3. All right. Um, on Criterion this week, my man Godfrey, for uh, Criterion fans out there, got a new uh, release there. On Kino this week, Cabin Boy with Chris Elliott. Oh, David Letterman's finest performance. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to buy a monkey? A monk what? <laughs> um, let's see. On uh, Shout Factor this week, Platoon, uh, on like a new steel book with a new 4K transfer. Uh, Phantasm 3 and 4 make their Blu-ray debut this week. Papillion, uh, the original with uh, Dustin Hoffman and Steve McQueen, is on Warner Archive this week. And lastly, uh, Fahrenheit 451, the HBO adaptation of that with Michael B. Jordan and Michael Shannon, um, which I was not a fan of. I, uh, <laughs> no, I got halfway through it and turned it off. I uh, Yeah, it just didn't do much for me. Uh, now we go on to what's new to streaming this week. Got a, a lot of things. Apparently Netflix is like, let's release a bunch of stuff all at one time. Uh, BoJack Horseman Season 5. I feel bad that I've never seen anything past the first season because I hear it's, it's fantastic. Anyone else watching BoJack Horseman? I've never seen it. Okay, so I, I have been watching it, and I'm almost through this season. <laughs> it's like, for, for fans of BoJack Horseman, they know it kind of it fluctuates between like being very funny, which it is, and also being pretty heavy dramatically and this this season is certainly evoking things that are pretty close to home for a variety of reasons um but it's quite good i, I i'm very much enjoying i think season four not it wasn't bad but it's it felt a little less cohesive this season feels like it's very tight as far as the actual plotting of it goes in the middle of being like a very funny kind of hollywood insider show uh, American Vandal season two. Did anyone watch American Vandal the first season? I've been meaning to, but I, I've heard that it's so great, but I haven't watched it yet. It's I, could, I, I didn't understand how how they could take that and do more than just a sketch with it, really. But then I, I guess I've heard it's amazing. No, yeah, it's it's a clever send up of murder mystery shows like like um, what Memories of a Murder or. Um... Like the making pod- a make sorry making a murder or uh, like the podcast serial like things like that. Uh, it did a good job with that first season. I've started the second season and it's very much it's very clever how it's how it's handled as far as making a documentary out of a, a very false and very funny kind of setup. Um, but I, I'd, I'd recommend the first season for sure and like the second season. Yeah, it's so far it's working for me. Um, the Land of Steady Habits. This is with Ben Mendelsohn. It's directed by Nicole Hofseller singer. Uh, we did like Enough Said and uh, Friends with Money. Um, I think this debuted at like TIFF like two days before it made its Netflix debut. But uh, I like Ben Mendelsohn, and so I want to see this. Uh, the Dragon Prince is a new animated series. It's from the writers of uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender and uh, Korra. For fans <clears throat> of of, the, of that of those, um, a couple movies make their way to Netflix this week. Role Models, which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which I'm a huge fan of, and The Witch, which I'm a huge fan of. So, 
Netflix is rolling out different movies. And uh, let's see, on Prime this week, there's a new show called Forever, Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph. Uh, I've watched the first two episodes, and I'm very intrigued by where it goes. I also cannot talk about what the show is, because it's very um, focused on what it's trying to do. With, and you, it's better to be surprised. I'll just say that. But you have Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph, which are they're very funny people. So just expect good things, I, I suppose. Um, so yeah, that's everything that's coming out this week. A lot of stuff. Uh, let's move on. Next week's show. Next week, we'll be talking The House with a Clock at Its Walls. Uh, Eli Roth goes family film. We'll see where that goes. <laughs> and uh, last thing we do here, what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Jordan, let's start with you. What should people see in theaters right now? Go see The Predator. Go support it. It's fun. What are you seeing next? Uh, uh, the House of the Clock and its Walls. Ben, what should people see in theaters right now? Uh, I'll repeat that, man. Go see The Predator. It's so much fun. So fun. Go see it. Um, if you haven't seen Mission Impossible, uh, it, this is the last week probably that it maybe probably that it'll be in theaters. I would say definitely check that out on the big screen as well. And uh, the movie that I'm excited to see, I, I am just hellbent on seeing Halloween. I cannot wait for that movie. Hmm. Brad, what do people see now? Uh, see Black Klansman if you haven't already. Uh, like I said, I think it's worth it to check out The Predator. Uh, like Ben, I'm definitely pumped to check out Halloween. It just looks fantastic. Other than that... Yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's pretty much it. All right. Um, yeah, I, I, I Black Klansman's still in theaters, so I'd certainly say that. See Searching if you can. I think Searching's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, Searching's yep. fantastic. I've seen that twice. It's great. And uh, a simple favor, especially with Searching. You had a good kind of double dose of mysteries going on there from different levels. Based uh, on that recommendation, I'm totally going to go see A Simple Favor. I did not know it had any comedic elements to it whatsoever. Oh, yeah. And now I'm very intrigued by that. Yeah, it... Uh, it plays around with tone, that's for sure. There's there's some good humor to come in, in addition to the, the mystery aspect. That's cool. And uh, next up, seeing the Sisters Brothers, which I'm very excited about, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix and John John C. Riley, uh, and Riz Ahmed, um, and Jake Gyllenhaal. So there's a night there's a Nightcrawler reunion in there. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's what I'm seeing next. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to Halloween for sure. I can't wait. Uh, so yeah, with all that said, that's gonna do it for this week's episode about now with Aaron Abe. You can find more of my work, my personal blog, thecodazeek.com. All my written movie reviews end up there. You can find me writing over at We Live Entertainment as well, and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Brad Oman, where can people find more of you online? Uh, at Twitter, e- at Ethan underscore Anderton, and on Slashfilm all the time, writing about movies and TV. Check out Slashfilm Daily, which is the website's uh, weekday podcast where we recap the biggest uh, TV and movie stories. And also uh, my podcast, Go Flix Yourself, which uh, features some awful co host. Oh. <laughs> ben Conowitz, where can people find more of you online? <laughs> I also have a podcast called Glowflix Yourself, and I have an equally terrible co-host. And I'm at uh, – yeah, don't worry about my Twitter. It's nothing. But if you're in northwest Indiana for some reason, uh, Big Comedy Laporte on Facebook. It is a charity that we started a few years back. We do stand-up uh, and improv shows at the Little Theater in Laporte, Indiana, and we give all the money away to charity. Oh, very cool. Mm. Uh, I'll make sure to include that in the show notes. Um, Jordan Grout, where can people find more of you? Uh, occasionally, every now and then, on Mice of Blue and on Twitter at Amsterdam Chap. All right, um, you can find more of the of Out Now There and Abe on iTunes as well as on Audio Boom and Spotify. You can find past shows all over the place. Anywhere podcasts are found, you can pretty much find our show. Uh, feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Any thoughts you might have had on this week's show, or you can message us over on Facebook or Twitter, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast and twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. Or feel free to send plenty of Predator-related gifts over to our Tumblr page, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. Brad, Ben, Jordan, thank you all for joining me this week. Thank, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, good. Glad to have you guys all on. Thank you again, Ben, for joining at the last minute here. 
Uh, Heck yeah. I'll, I'll make sure to let Abe know that he can easily replace you anytime. Him, <laughs> him at any time. Um, and yeah, that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, we talk about the house with the clock in its walls. So that's going to do it. So until then, so long and goodbye. Gonna tell and Mary John. He claimed he had the music, but he had a lot of fun. Oh, baby. Yeah, baby. Woo, baby. Having me some fun tonight. Yeah. Well, no toss down the sheet. Bill Speech, you got everything that Uncle John need. Oh, baby. Yeah, baby. Woo, baby. Having me some fun tonight. Yeah. Well, the song Uncle John with about like there wasn't enough predator in it and someone even said that the version of the predator in this movie looks smaller and i go guys chill out it's because jacob tremblay is the predator and you know what he fucking became the predator <laughs> <laughs> good 15 minutes in the movie <laughs>